You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode number 23. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to live your life on purpose without needing to distract yourself with alcohol, food, work, shopping, or checking your phone every five minutes. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. And how are you all doing? I'm really well. The clocks have gone forward. The spring is in bloom everywhere I look and the days are getting longer. All is good. So on today's podcast, I'm going to cover the topic of how to overcome limiting beliefs. Now, one of the things I do with my clients is basically to help them to take back the power in their lives. And for this, we use my coaching framework of mastering your mind to live with intention, with courage and commitment. And I see this as something many people need right now. This importance of understanding this self-worth to commitment and living on purpose because it makes such a difference to how we approach each and every day. Now, one key element of taking back the power in your life is being able to overcome limiting beliefs. They're pesky things and they can sneak up on you if you're not paying attention. And they're a bit like chameleons too. You often don't see they're there because they're very good at disguising themselves as your life moves ahead. So that's what we're going to talk about today, overcoming limiting beliefs. And I'm going to include actionable steps that you can use to help spot a limiting belief and so that you know how to send it packing. Okay, first, we're going to talk about really back up a little bit and talk about what um, a belief is. And a belief is actually just a thought. It's simply a thought in your brain that you've been thinking for such a long time that you might not even accept it is just a thought, right? It just feels like it's a permanent fixture. It's something you accept as just the way things are. Beliefs are thoughts that you've practiced for so long that you've become just very, very good at thinking them. And there are beliefs that encourage you and there are beliefs that limit you. Now, many of our beliefs we picked up in childhood and many are definitely of the encouraging persuasion. My parents told me repeatedly I could achieve anything and whatever I wanted, that being a girl didn't mean I had to miss out on a career if that's what I wanted. This was strongly ingrained to me every day of my life. I didn't think twice about it. I never questioned whether it was true or not. It just was. And so it has carried on for me throughout my life. And that's the hallmark of a belief, that you don't question it. So like I say, there are these wonderful, encouraging beliefs. And honestly, they are almost the things that I would like to carry on just thinking because I know they are so beneficial. But limiting beliefs, on the other hand, are those that hold you back. And again, you're going to accept these as being the way things are, even if that no longer serves you or even if it actually doesn't give you any opportunities. Here are some examples of limiting beliefs, common limiting beliefs I've come across anyway. You can't be a mother and have a career at the same time. I will never lose the excess weight because that's just how we are in our family. I don't finish projects. I just don't. I'm not smart enough to start and own my own business. Now, none of these are things that you're going to want to ideally keep on thinking. I I hope you would agree with that. And you certainly wouldn't want to go on accepting them as facts because they're not facts. We don't have to accept those thoughts as is. 
we get to choose what we want to believe. It's totally up to us. It's one of the prerogatives of being a human being with a human brain. Now, I can believe, for instance, I'm great at finishing projects, or I can believe that I'll procrastinate until the cows come home and never get anything done. It's my choice what I want to think. Now, you might ask, how does that make a difference, right? And why should you care? Now, here's why it matters what you think. Limiting beliefs create limiting behaviours. And if you don't believe you can do something, you're not going to even try. If you believe you're no good at changing the way you drink, you'll approach things from that direction, right? You'll think it's not just not worth the effort. You're just always going to overdrink, always going to have three glasses of wine when you want one. You know, it's, it's, it's a hopeless case. If you believe you'll never ever be able to maintain your ideal weight, you're not going to be willing to give a new approach your best shot because it's not going to work anyway, right? Whereas if you believe yourself, you're going to go out there and you're going to get it. This is the difference between saying, yes, I believe in myself, I can do anything, and deep in your gut, believing it. And one of the ways we can unlock this in ourselves is realising that there's nothing that can hold us back. And this is where self-determination becomes so important, that there's absolutely nothing that can keep me from getting everything I want in life, no matter what, and I believe that. We can reprogram that in our brain through the decisions that we make, because decisions are taking us and moving us with action to the thing that we want to achieve. If you're making decisions from a place of, well, I can't have this because of this reason, you're going to hold yourself back. Take a look at it, right? You just put yourself in those situations and it's, it's absolutely what happens. So don't just go along with whatever you're thinking now if that doesn't serve you. Remember, it's your prerogative. You can think what on earth you like. Work out which of your beliefs are limiting and decide what you want to think instead. The second thing I want to cover today is that what you believe is going to largely be based on your past. But what you want to believe is going to be based on your future. Now, like I said, our thoughts create our beliefs and it's these beliefs that create our results. Limiting beliefs restrict us, so they restrict our results. Let's dig into this a bit deeper. What we currently believe is going to be based on our past. So if we do absolutely nothing, our past beliefs will create our results. We'll keep on doing the same thing and keep on getting the same result. In the case of limiting beliefs, we're going to simply keep creating the limitations of our past. And then we're going to do actually even more. We're going to bed ourselves in further by confirming that we're limited, right? Because every time we try, but don't really try, to make a change there and we get the same result, we say, look, see, this is what always happens to me. Now, I've mentioned on this podcast before that before I got into life coaching, I used to think of myself as being a terrible procrastinator. I had this whole story that I get to 90% on something and then I'd stop. I was always meaning to go back to the project, but I often ended up leaving it dangling, right? I had loads of things that were half done. And this then in turn explained why so many of my projects ended up ended up the same way, right? I get to the 90, 95% mark and I'd put them to one side. 
I'd practiced and repeated this kind of behavior a lot. And I had so much evidence. I had years of evidence in my past that this is what I did, right? This was just Anna's way of doing stuff. And in the process, of course, of repeating this and learning this, I became really, really, really good at doing this to the point that I even came to expect it. Right? I'd expect to uh, drop a project, leave a project dangling at 90%, even though truly it was the last thing I wanted. Right? I'd use my past behavior to explain the way I was acting in the present. Ah, yes, I'm doing that now because that's what I do. I never finish anything. And then, of course, I'd go around saying this and I'd have other people repeating it back to me, which would further reinforce my limiting belief that I never finished anything. So if doing the same old thing you've always done keeps on creating the same old limitations of your past, you're going to need to create a new belief to create a new result in your future. This requires consciousness and intention. It's going to require you to believe something you have never believed before. Because if think about it, if you'd already believed it, you would have created that result already. And one of the most fabulous things and simple things my coach once said to me that I've actually since pinned to my phone as a permanent reminder is if you want something you've never had, you'll have to do something you've never done before. Right, put another way, to create a different future, you have to create something that doesn't exist in your past. Why don't you just sit with that for a moment? And, and actually, you know, we see this playing out in society. Think about the first four-minute mile, right? They'd be, athletes have been trying to break that four-minute mile barrier for so long. And then the moment um, that Bannister did it, I don't know how many athletes it was after that, but there was a sort of a tumbling of people who managed to then do it. And then the times went down and down. And it was kind of this uh, group conscious thinking that, wow, it is pot now that we know it's possible. That's no longer, you know, a limiting belief. You know, what more can we achieve? Now, often when you are dealing in this space, right, when you're having to uh, really let go old beliefs, it can feel really uncomfortable, if especially if it's the first time you've done this, right, because you're going to have no idea how long the thing you're doing is going to take or cost, and you certainly won't know all the hiccups and bumps in the road that you're likely to experience, and that's all totally normal. So, you know, a lot of people, when they try to stop drinking, they do this all or nothing thing where they say from Monday, it's always generally a Monday, you know, I'm going to have nothing to drink, even though they've been drinking a bottle, you know, every other night for, for years. Um, and then that's how they know how to cut back drinking and they'll do it for a week and then it will fail and then they'll, they'll do it again and it will fail. Whereas when I come along and say, you know, don't do it that way, try this other approach, that's when there's some fear and suspicion sometimes because it's like, well, I you know, haven't got any experience of that, even though the experience that they have, the thing they've been repeatedly doing hasn't worked. So just, just be aware that there might be some uneasiness here because, again, this is a normal human thing that's going on, a human phenomenon that in this situation, even when what you've tried before, which hasn't worked, you're going to feel a kind of maybe fondness for that you can find yourself saying to yourself it's okay if you don't manage to live without dieting for instance surely it's not ideal 
But you're not the only one to suffer from living like that. I mean, everyone in your family, for instance, you know, is permanently on a diet. So you're going to seek comfort in a situation that is ever so uncomfortable, but is at least familiar. Now, this all comes from our survival instinct that is programmed deep within us. You know, better the devil you know than to go out and face all sorts of unknown devils out there. So what if you're drinking more than you like? If you didn't drink as much as your group of friends, they might want to hang out with you less. And that might be not so much fun, right? So even though you're drinking more than you want, you know, at least you're getting to hang out with your friends and it's fun. And you're framing all this in the view of what's gone on in your past, not what might be possible for you in the future, where it might be possible that you'd have more fun not to drink anything at all when you go out with those friends, right? That that thought, that possibility of that being a belief just isn't there when you're defining yourself from your past. So the next step is I've really got an action here. I want you to first find out exactly what is your thinking by observing your thoughts. And I like to think of myself as sort of almost stepping out of my body and standing there with a clipboard and, you know, inspecting exactly what's going on in my head. In order to do this, in order to really inspect your thoughts, you need to become aware and conscious of what you are thinking and what you are believing. And remember that beliefs just are because we've thought them for so long, right? They're, they don't have some special status. We've just repeated them more than other thoughts. And these beliefs may well be camouflaged, hiding in plain sight, as it were. Okay, so how you find out what you're thinking is, one of the great ways actually, is to interview yourself. Ask yourself, and you can grab pen and paper and ask yourself, what do you believe about yourself that you were taught as a child? What do you believe about your weight, your health, your drinking, your relationships, your career. What do you believe about what is possible in your life? That is such a delicious question. What do you believe it means to live a life without alcohol in it? And why do you believe these things? Right? So take some time really to be thorough here. This isn't always easy. And this is one of the reasons why, I mean, we don't, because we don't often see right there in front of us. I mean, for instance, I used to work in, um, I've done a lot of writing, I've written my own book and so on. And, and certainly when you write a book, you then hand it on to an editor to go through and find the errors. And it's not because the writer is incapable, because they don't have the skill to know how to spell correctly, for instance, but that after all, you just don't see the errors, right? Because you're reading over the mistakes. It's just become the, the way it is. You, you're not attuned to that as being a mistake anymore. Um, and you know that's why we separate those tasks. If you live in a, a dirty room for long enough, you're going to notice the dirt less than if you step into a clean room, right? It's just that juxtaposition that's going to highlight the difference because as humans, we just get used to our surroundings. So it takes real skill to be the observer. You have to watch your brain think very carefully. And why is this important? Because although you're going to think that what you're observing is fact, right, we like to tell ourselves those are all the facts, it's really only our judgment on the world based on what we've believed in the past. So here's an example. When you were, to, If you were to think, says, I used to think for so many years, I'm just no good at maths. Now that may be something that I believe based on what a teacher told you in school and actually was the case with me, right? 
and you're you're not going to think anything of that sentence it's just becomes part of your identity that you adopt you're going to think you're certain you're just viewing the world objectively or another um, belief that I hear people talk about themselves is they're no good at deciding to drink only one glass of wine and then stick it there or they have absolutely no control when it comes to chocolate you, you're going to repeat these statements so often you now believe them to be true you're not going to challenge them and these thoughts are going to go right under your awareness we talk about being you know sort of under under the wire as it were you're just not going to pay any attention to them but that's what we're going to do here with with observing our thoughts I want you to bring these thoughts to the forefront and this is one of the most marvelous things in fact um, aspects of having a coach where they're going to create a safe non-judgmental space to help you see what limiting beliefs and thoughts are lurking that you might not even see and yes this is the reason why coaches have coaches too right we all have human brains now when you're doing this work when you're looking at your thoughts I want you to be especially wary of or to look out for when you tell yourself things like I'm just this kind of person I can't do that I'm not good at this I've always had difficulty with you know dot 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 if you're thinking in this way that's likely to be something that you've written to the fabric of who you are and it's definitely worth challenging now I want you to look at what you've written and ask which of the beliefs are the most limiting and it's worthwhile um, analyzing as you're looking through these beliefs analyzing the feelings that they bring up when you say them out loud so for instance for many years I had the belief that I'm no good at science I'm no good at science that's just what I would say and I still get a bit of a negative feeling a kind of sinking feeling in my stomach if science questions come up in a pub quiz for instance right because that thought comes back that I've practiced that belief comes back um, that I'm no good at science right I say it like it's a fact and I say it and then of course I start feeling those feelings coming on I start to feel panicked I start to lose concentration I start to feel uneasy to get it distracted and in fact I'm putting myself in a situation where ironically I'm less able to answer the questions I'm kind of making the the thought I'm no good at science a self-fulfilling prophecy right that's one that um, I've certainly worked on over the years now in this situation you might think that those feelings that were coming over me were coming because of what was happening outside of me right the fact that I was being faced with a science question and because I have so often come to the conclusion that you know I'm not good at science but it's not so my feelings of unease and fear and all those other emotions that were coming up were coming from simply from me telling myself I'm no good at science I'm faced with a science question and whoa you know it all comes back you're just no good at science Anna because what you feel comes from your thoughts always now here are some other limiting beliefs I hear people frequently say as though they're relaying the news I'm no good at business I always make mistakes when it comes to the accounts I'm never going to control my weight I just can't resist a second glass of wine don't put chocolate anywhere near me as I have no control of it over it at all now these are all just beliefs but you might not recognize them as, as such 
And you'll probably have, and this is really the killer, you'll probably have lots of evidence as to why it's so. The dozens of times you've broken a diet because of the chocolate. The three businesses that folded. But just because that happened, it doesn't mean it will always keep happening. This is where free will comes into play. If you fail at something, it doesn't mean you'll keep on failing. Not if you learn. That's really a whole other topic for another podcast. But for now, I just want you to really be on yourself to spot these limiting beliefs that are floating around your mind uh, that you're allowing to have free reign. Now, you may find it difficult to identify limiting beliefs at first, but there are clues. Particularly watch out for if you find yourself saying any of the following. I don't like. I don't want. That won't work. I've never done it, so it's their fault. He did this to me. These tend to prefix limiting beliefs where you're effectively shutting yourself down. You'll say something like, I don't like going to the pub if I'm not going to drink. So by doing that, you're going to miss out on meeting that person who could end up being your husband. When you say things like, you can never control your urges to drink without resisting or fighting them, then you're not going to give moderation a go because you've never done it that way before. It's going to take work to change, but the good news is that you can. And when you've done it once, you can do it again and again. And that's the same way you get good at anything. But for now, let's get really, really specific. So I want you to understand that believing is deciding and accepting that something is true, right? You've learned to believe something by practice and repetition and those limiting beliefs will have bedded in over time. You'll probably have lots of supporting evidence as to why they're true, like we just said. So for instance, my weight loss clients come to me saying they can't lose weight and they're different. It's just the way it is. And they'll have a list of diets they've failed at or reasons why they're the person on the planet who is incapable of losing the extra pounds. And they will truly, truly believe this to be so. But what I tell them is these aren't facts, right? They're just the stories they have chosen to believe. And you get to this point by repetition and practice. If you want to disbelieve something, you first have to recognize that you've accepted it as true and then to decide to change your mind about it. We're not talking here about making something to be true, just making you believe it's true. You literally have to practice believing a thought over and over while accepting it as true until you eventually believe it. This can seem like a form of brainwashing, right? You literally just have to practice thinking a thought over and over while accepting it as true until you eventually believe it. Now, for years, I would say I didn't like olives, right? Don't like eating olives. And then I'd go to all these events and the nibbles on display were always olives, right? There's always people tucking into these olives and I'd be getting hungry. And so in the end, I just decided I was going to like olives. It just became a project. I believed I liked olives and then practiced eating them. And I carried on believing that I liked olives and carried on eating them until got to the point where I, were, I, I found them acceptable at first. And then I you know, carried on believing. And today I do believe that I like olives. Right. And I eat them with great joy. Same thing happened when I was getting fit. 
right? I just, you know, I believed that I would be capable of running 5K, you know, in 30 minutes, even when I, it just wasn't possible for me. But I sort of held that belief that this is something I'm gonna do. And it just gave me the freedom to be willing to try. And it overcame, of course, by doing this, by overcoming the limiting belief that I wasn't able to do it, it overcame the limiting behavior. So my behavior changed, which made my achieving of the skill much more likely, and in fact, inevitable. So in both of those instances, I chose to believe something new. And like I said, the cool thing, the really cool thing is that there are no rules about what you can believe. I want you to ask yourself, what is the one belief that you want to work on changing? You don't need anyone else's permission for this. This is totally, totally up to you. And you're going to get some help from your brain in this area, even when you start first start doing it. Because the really good news, I think, is that it's hard to hold two opposing beliefs at the same time, right? So I can't be someone who keeps the weight off if I'm someone who always gives in to urges to eat. Right? The brain can't hold both of those beliefs at the same time. The two things don't compute. The brain can't make sense of it. It can't hold a limiting belief about something while seeing possibility in that area at the same time. And when you're in this situation at this point, you have a choice between giving up one of the beliefs or increasing the, the dissonance, right? The, the, um, the misalignment. Now, most people will give up practicing new things and practicing believing new things at this point because it's so much easier to believe what they have always believed, even if it's something they really don't want. And it's so much easier because you have all the results on history to prove your belief in the old thought. Whereas the new thought you're working on believing may seem so out there and hard to get your arms around. It takes a lot of work on thinking and believing and our brains you know don't like work that's that's another part of how we are wired left to its own devices the brain is always going to choose old thoughts over new ones and you may not even realize you're doing this you're just going to be going along well prepared well greased lines of thought you're going to think it's the way things are so the reason for the new wanting the new belief must be very compelling, right? To be able for you to keep up thinking this new thought. So I want you to really stop and ask why it's important. I want you to take the limiting belief you've identified you'd like to change and pick a new thought you want to believe in its place and then understand why you want to believe that. Preferably have more than one reason why. So for instance, if you want to lose weight, it might be that you want to lose weight to be healthy you want to lose weight to show a good example to your children. You might want to lose weight in order to fit into that dress that you've seen in the shop that would look lovely with your colouring. You know, just make these reasons, find these reasons that are important to you. And these are going to be the reasons then that are going to help you along your journey as you're, you know, keeping on trying to believe the, the new thought rather than just taking the easy route and believing, continuing to believe the old stuff you've been thinking. So your compelling why and help a lot in overcoming limiting beliefs. So too can visualization. And I liken this to an actor preparing for a role, right? And, but there is a difference. A lot of people, you know, they talk about this as they say, you know, imagine yourself doing this or doing that. But I want you to actually put yourself into the mind and body of the person who that is their identity. Right? So you want to be the person who doesn't overeat. 
put your mind put yourself in the mind of someone who doesn't overeat now let me explain this in a way give an example like I'm not a smoker I'm just not a smoker I never have never intend to now let's say I'm going to go to a new venue now, or I'm going to go on a flight or something now it wouldn't occur to me to check out for instance where the nearest smoking section is to where I'm staying or the availability of smoking rooms or the proximity of the nearest tobacconist or to do a little inventory to see how many cigarettes I've got and to work out you know how many I've got enough and what time you know all of those decisions and considerations they just not only do I not do them it doesn't even occur to me to make them so if you're a smoker and you want to give up I want you to put yourself in the mind of someone like me who wouldn't be thinking about those things either right when I was ditching my limiting beliefs about my ability to finish projects I had to decide to be someone who always completed what they set out to do I actually even created an imaginary persona of someone I would step into, an alter ego, if you like, of someone who was always already the next version of myself if she was already the person I wanted to be. Right? There's a real difference here between acting as if you are that person versus really being in the skin and the head of that person. That can be too much for some people, right? They say, look, I really love to do that, Anna, but I just actually, that's just way, you know, way too far down the line for me. So if that's you, I want you to consider and visualize the possibility instead, right? How do you do this? I want you to create a sentence and I want you to accept it as true and practice and repeat it. So it's simply a new way of being. You go on to embrace this new way of being by living as if you've already believed this new thought. Now, for instance, the example here is when I was rewiring my brain over procrastination, I would think something like, I'm committed and confident in my ability to complete what I started. And I would write it down everywhere, write it at the beginning of the day, rewrite it in my notebook throughout the day, say it out loud, think it to myself, and I'd also then project upon myself and imagine the warm glow of commitment, of pride, of possibility, right? That this was, was within grasp of me. And I do that over and over and over again. And once I'd done this a few times and I actually managed to get past the killer 90% completion mark, well, then I had evidence, right? Even if I got a little bit further along, I had evidence that I wouldn't stop at the 90, 95% mark that I could get to the 96 or 97, right? I started to believe. And then the more action I took believing that I was already this next version of myself, the more I became the next version of myself. I visualized, I practiced, I viewed the possibility, I did it, right? And finally, I started creating the result. And it just seemed like such a miracle. And at that point, then you really start to enjoy it. And you might go as far as to say that you've made the unbelievable believable. I know it was that way for me. And certainly when it came to um, you know, losing all desire for alcohol and really just not having drink be any factor in my life. Talk about miracle of all miracles, which is something that I definitely offer to my clients today. And here's the other great thing that the more you start doing this, the more you start wondering what else to challenge, what else is possible. So I did this with my weight. I did this with my fitness. I did this with my procrastination. I did this with, you know, the drinking. Um, you know, for me, it was just 
just different areas that I could pluck off and talk about and I just start to believe more and more that I was capable of more and more things and it's such fun it feels such fun and it's so liberating so in summary limiting beliefs are beliefs that don't serve you that they create limiting behaviors and to start with you might not even recognize them so it's brilliant you're listening to this podcast because the first thing is just really to start spotting them start just catching them watch your mind spend a couple of minutes each day you know seeing what's going on in your mind write down what these thoughts are hunt them down call them out and then decide with intention on new beliefs and I don't know do them all at once as then just pick one area of your life and work on one sentence one new belief like I explained earlier and once you have this intention right then I want you to have the courage to practice that new belief and take action from that place of belief with commitment to back yourself and see it through and again this is the work I do with my clients we structure this around intention courage and commitment intention courage and commitment which is the way to really decide and then take action and then really back yourself up to the hilt. You don't try your best. This is not about trying your best or hoping for something or you know, tentatively giving something a go. This is deciding, committing and getting down to do the work, even when it's not comfortable. All right, so that my friends is how you overcome limiting beliefs and it is actually a lot of fun once you start to see the power of the tools, so good. I really encourage you to do the work I've stepped through today you know really make this real for yourself don't just kind of nod along but get out your pen and paper and figure this out for yourself make some comments in the notes for the podcast you know send me comments let me know how this is helping you tackle your limiting beliefs and share any thoughts you might have about the podcast and I'll respond to you personally and I look forward to seeing you there And if in the meantime you have any questions, you can reach me on Anna at 90dayslater.co. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. If you like what you're learning on the podcast and want to take this work further, let's talk. I help my clients to create their lives on purpose without needing to rely on alcohol, food or their phone to feel better. Email me on Anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast too.